but we don't quit. Father, it's two minutes or two days. We don't give that up. I don't want to give that up. I'm Derek. And I'm Noah. And you're listening to another depressing of The Last of Us on a bite of. Yep. Where we take our current favorite pop culture obsession and enjoy it one nibble at a time. <laughs> I'm so over being depressed. <laughs> hey, okay, 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 okay. Guys, yes, it's sad. But Every it's, episode. But it's also beautiful to get to the sad. Listen. You can't Listen, deny it. This is no Bill and Frank's excellent adventure. Okay. This is no strawberries secret patch kissing in the, you know, dusk. This is sadness. This is just sad. It's fun though, leading up to it. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Could you tell what we're talking about today? <laughs> Continuing? Because, oh, okay. Before we get into it, make sure you're following us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, blah, 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 all that great stuff. All the links are down below in the descriptions, or just search our name on any of those social media platforms. Probably the easiest way. If you like the show, want to support the show, if you want to support, you know, queer people, like watching the show and stuff, we're queer. So, you know, Patreon, dollar a month gets you like bonus stuff. We just did a a Jordan Peele's Nope review. Y'all picked it. We did it. It's up there. So dollar can get you bonus episodes. Last but not least, subscribe. Leave some stars and review. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I have to change it up a That's little great. bit. great. <laughs> I like it. Go with that. It's, I feel, I'm feeling your flow. Thanks. So let's right. take a look back at The Last of Us ex- episode six. He's flustered, guys. Oh, man. Episode six, Kin. Joel and Ellie travel weeks on horseback west where they meet spinoff worthy Marlon and Florence who warn them not to cross the river of death. They have no choice but to do so, of course. Following a heart-to-heart under the stars, Sheep Ranch, anyone? They find Tommy in a beautiful settlement in Jackson. The brothers are reunited and Tommy Mm. tells Joel he's married to Maria and expecting a child. Yay. Suffering from panic attacks, (laughs) not yay, Joel (laughs) confides in his brother that he can't continue with Ellie for fear of failing her. Just as Tommy and Ellie are about to leave, Joel has a change of heart. They finally make it to Boulder to find that the Fireflies have fled. Only monkeys and raiders inhabit the campus. Defending Ellie, Joel is stabbed and left bleeding in the snow. Okay, not just stabbed, impaled with a handle of a baseball bat. bat. Oh my god. I mean, it was not as graphic as a video game, I will just say. He like fell from like two stories and landed on a giant like wrought iron spike. Oh, Yeah, not great. How did she get him off of that? He like kind of pulled himself off. It's fine. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> spoilers ahead. Spoiler, spoiler for all of The Last of Us and Episode 7, Left Behind. Let us officially take a bite of The Last of Us, Episode 7, <laughs> Left Behind. We're in we're in a tip-top form no, right now. No, it's taking my lines. <laughs> I'm just like, I, I'm flustered, I'm flustered, I'm flustered. Okay. Yeah, before we were recording, what Noah was doing was re-watching the video game yeah, I guess okay. Version well, of this. So this, <laughs> <laughs> let me explain. Please do. <laughs> While also laying the groundwork. 
So if you don't know, this episode takes a step back again. It's almost like the Bill and Frank, but it interweaves it to the current time very beautifully. But this is based on the DLC for the first video game, Left Behind. And it's also, they also did like an offshoot comic. This is kind of where it was born from. Mm. So you have two different ways to get the story. So I had played it. When did this come out? 2013? So like I played it years ago. We and were I was, just children. And I was like, I think there was something else like at the end because of how this episode ends. I was like, there has to be something else. And I rewatched it and I just got real sad again. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just as good in the game as it is the show. I'm just saying. It's so sad. And I, you know, after last night's episode, I think because you played it, you're a little more attached to the material. Oh, yeah. So in watching it, I kind of felt numb. Like, that's how I felt at the end of last night's episode. I just felt sort of like, oh, my gosh, it's just so sad all the time. And so that's yeah, that's the last of us. They can't be happy for too long because of the world they live in, which is unfortunate because that's how they wrote it, but mm. that's the property. I do wish that I didn't know major plot points, though. Like, last night, I knew how last night was going to end. So the entire time, I'm going like, who cares? It's going to be so sad anyway. This is why I tell you to stop spoiling things for yourself. I'm sorry. <laughs> I had 10 years to be spoiled. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a see? long time. Yeah, I waited. <laughs> but so... This episode is really interesting because it does tell Ellie's story. This is as much of her past as we really get in the game. And it interweaves it with Joel dying and her decision. So the opening, I thought, did it very skillfully and connecting those two. He's dying. What does she get? She's a child. They're also like in the middle of nowhere. She's not a doctor. What is she going to do for him? She can't do anything. So he tells her to leave. Just go. What is she going to do also? Like, <laughs> I thought it was impressive. I mean, when we last saw them, he fell off the horse into the snow. And so I liked that in the beginning of this episode, you can sort of put the clues together of how she got him there, right? Yeah. They rolled him onto a sleeping bag, which they dragged behind the horse and found this random house and got him all the way into the basement. Um, it, it was just, I, I liked that. We didn't have to see that part, but we could piece it together. Yeah, that's a great visual storytelling to where some people like Derek like to know, like, how did you get there? Because you mentioned it in the last one when we talked about it. Like, how is she going to do this? Mm. They answered it for yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. And that horse was just standing in that garage like, geez, Louise. Yeah. <laughs> she starts, she goes to leave because he physically pushes her away from him, which is very upsetting. And she goes to leave. And in that split second hesitation that she has she has like a whole life in a minute mm. she remembers this the story with riley that led right to the events of the current story that we're at i really liked seeing fedra school it was very interesting but did you think what we saw was what you expected like did you expect it to be like that i kept trying to piece together how it came to be did, <laughs> did a school like this like did so fedra really didn't exist before anything spread no so they just took over some other school and made it a federal training school possibly if that even is a school yeah so I it mean, could like, be like a ymca or something yeah. yeah so when you think of i think when you think of like military training you think of like barracks and things like that but here we see that it was just a regular it looked like a high school 
Right. You know, so I I think it was like surprising in that sense of the government taking whatever they can to make these training areas. Mm. Well, I will say that it is like the the faculty or the principal, I should say, uh, you know, what what's his like director Kwong? Captain Kwong. Yeah, Captain. Captain Kwong. Okay, sorry, director Captain. It's the same thing. Is nicer in this than in the comic that it came from. They're very much more military and like drill sergeanty and also just assholes. But I like that this show is making a point to not like really say Fedra's bad. We've seen it, but also not saying fireflies are good. Mm-hmm. So it's like what side is good or bad, but they're not really painting the picture as a distinct this is good, this is bad. This, you know. So it's interesting to see it that way. I think it's a a story of people, right? And so in both sides, you're probably gonna find good people and you're gonna find bad people. And actually where where Ellie was was with a good person, a person that believed in her. You know, and there's again, there's little clues around his office, right? We see that he has the framed photo of his family, and we have to wonder, are they still around? Probably not, because I not. think there was an amusement park in the background, and I don't think <laughs> right. And and <laughs> can those. they still develop film now? You know, probably not. So this man has de- dealt with his own losses and might be seeing Ellie as a kid. She tends to walk into people's lives and they want to take care of her because they can see this like spirit in her. So I think we were expecting, right? We were expecting this to be a really bad place, but it felt like high school gym with a high school bully and a principal that cares. Fucking Bethany's. The Bethany's suck. Bethany. <laughs> like, leave her alone. She probably has the only functioning Walkman in existence. And you're gonna... You're gonna... Her last two batteries. <laughs> Don't do this. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, we do have to also say about how they have electricity there yeah. as well. Not yeah. the best working. I mean, the lights were flickering. It was a bit of a strobe light. But, you know, the government has be able to ration its, its resources. The confrontation that Ellie has with Bethany, I found it gave us some hint again of who Riley is. Like we've heard the name before and we kind of got little pieces of it, but still we haven't really been introduced to her yet. And I like that this moment really showed that like whoever Ellie like loves or cares for, like you don't, you don't talk about them. Mm. Like it's showing that like a base value before she got bitten, before she really got catapulted into the story, like that's who she is. And it stayed there. And she also made Bethany get 15 stitches, which is amazing. Yeah, she's a she's a fierce spirit. And one of the things that happens, though, in this talk with Bethany is that Bethany says, oh, your friend is the one who would do something. So it almost feels like like Riley, I don't know, like embedded something or, or brought something out in Ellie that wasn't necessarily there all, at all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. I just think it's. It's interesting that Ellie is like this person that people look to, but she might not have been as fierce as she is now when we meet her in this story. Right. Yeah. Well, she had to uh, go through some bullshit to get to where she is. Mm-hmm. But this this really does, it leads into the main story. So when we finally get to see, one, her bedroom, which is cool, because we got to see all of the the posters and the things that she has around her room of things that she loves, but she might not ever actually experience until Riley has some play into it. Mm-hmm. But I loved seeing her bedroom and I love that there was I'm not going to spoil anything, but there was some Easter eggs from the second game in there as well. It's, and so it shows that through line that you know, she was always like dinosaurs guys. She's always like space. You know? Not to mention she had the first volume of the pun book. Yes. The first one, not the, the second one. one. Right. <laughs> 
So she's, <laughs> I mean, puns are just part of her. Yeah, yeah, they're amazing. Storm Reed comes onto the scene. These two, I mean, if anything from this show you should take away, they are so good at acting. They're so young and they're forces to be reckoned with, with just their acting ability. It's just so to have somebody that is around the same age as Ellie come in there and have to be in the same scene as her this far into the the first season after we've been with Ellie for so long, she really had to steal it. And I feel like Storm Reid really knocked it out of the park. Yeah, she did a fantastic job. You know, there's there's something to be said about when you are a character. And, and I feel like this is sort of the same thing um, with with the actor that played Joel's daughter. You have to be this character that only appears for one episode but has to mean so much unfortunately to the other character yeah. that you're you're with. And so that's a big job for Storm Reed to have to come in. Like with. this is the person that like was the reason why we know about Ellie. Right. Like she had to be that person. Yeah, I mean this is this is Ellie Sarah. Yeah. Basically. Oh yeah. Oh my god, the the connections between like there's just so much so many similarities between Joel and Ellie. Mm-hmm. And this is where we really see they're so similar and they just need to like just get there. They do in this episode like finally there's finally like that connection Yeah, but, it like, just took almost dying. <laughs> well, sometimes, <laughs> you know, like it takes a, a big kick in the ass yeah. for you to like see something. For me, on the other hand, I'm a person that all is between, you know, you and my emotions is a trench coat. <laughs> oh, God. Yes, 100%. <laughs> so I'm like, guys, just let your guard down. Just talk to each other. But absolutely not. Yeah, I, I'd probably fall more into the Ellie and Joel camp for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Except when I'm talking about this show and I'm just so sad and emotional. And crying in the office. <laughs> But so we get the rest of this episode is just so much fun. It's full of like innocence and wonder and first love and, you know, sexual awakening and stuff. It's just so well done. They told another queer story beautifully. Mm -hmm. And the great thing about it is that's how it was told originally. They added to it and fleshed it out a little more. But the fact that, you know, 10 years ago, we did get something like this. I'm just so happy that people are like seeing what video games and stuff like that like other media could possibly be. I mean, in, in seven episodes of this show, the two main love stories we've seen were both queer. Yeah. And I mean, we can't speak to Tess and Joel. I mean, they probably were, but we'll never know. I mean, the, we <laughs> saw them. We, we saw him be the little spoon to her big spoon. I mean, that was all we got. Of the he was drunk. <laughs> when was he not usually <laughs> with dark times dark times but seeing them jump on the roofs getting to the mall it's so good i love the extra detail of there's an in-game mechanic whenever you have your flashlight and it's one of the ones where you have to like shake or bat to like mm. charge up or get it to work i just love that little deep like they keep throwing like some game mechanics in here that is just it just pleases me like when joel choke holded that guy that ended up stabbing him just like the game, like yeah. the way he held them. And like, I felt like my thumb was pressing square the whole time. <laughs> uh, it's just so good. So many details. Be- before they get to the mall, we have this scene in one of the apartment buildings where they find. A oh, my God. I forgot. The dead guy. Yeah. You know who? I mean, he, he the clues put it together is that he took his own life. Um, 
but luckily a fresh giant bottle of like whiskey or something like that moonshine when he fell through the floor that was so scary yeah (laughs) you know it actually begs the question of so he had pills that were in a bag did joel sell them to Mm -hmm. him like is is that a connection there i mean who else is selling pills like that i mean probably somebody else but we know joel did do that Mm. he's a smuggler so interesting interesting but that scene is actually I want to talk about that scene a little bit because I feel like aside from like it's a very like, I don't know, stand by me thing where it's like kids seeing a dead body for the first time. We do find out that Riley actually saw her parents die. So she has a different relationship with death and violence than Ellie has. So to see Ellie like approach the body without any like like because if I mean, if I would have seen that, I probably wouldn't go near it and be like, it's infected or I don't want Mm. to or. The floor will fall, apparently, because <laughs> it's right, so weak. Right down. Right, right there. So it was an interesting scene because I don't, you remember the scene where she uh, cut the infected, you know, head yeah. open a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, I called her a little, you know, psychopath. It's like, <laughs> I don't want to say like she still is, but like she's she has these moments of like just not it hasn't connected for her yet. Because she's born in this world. She's a post-apocalyptic child. She hasn't experienced loss. She has nobody connected to her like that. She's fearless in a sense. She's had nothing in I guess that's a better word than um, psychotic. Little psychopath. Yeah, Yeah. little psychopath. (laughs) I think she's fearless because like you're saying, because she grew up in this world, she she doesn't almost, she's had no, no attachments to anyone or anything. So she's never had to grieve. She's never had real loss until this episode um but we she she doesn't have to fear these things because she's never experienced them before so seeing a body is just seeing a body and there's also probably no one that taught her like oh when someone dies you know you mourn them and i don't know they just throw them in the fire Yeah. yeah so her world has completely shaped her and and i also think you know with with riley having loss in her life and seeing her parents die i think that this is also what's driving them in these two different directions Right. Riley's looking more for community while Ellie's sort of just looking for a clearer path for herself to like leadership or something or something. Yeah. Anything. I mean, she's really she's clinging on to the things that are hers. She doesn't. I mean, what does somebody in this last of us world have? You know, most of them don't have family. If they do, that's great. You have a Walkman with cassettes. Right. And so like (laughs) the visceral reaction she had to Bethany taking it from her, like that's hers. That's her possession that's her whole world so it makes sense <laughs> yeah out of like the four things that she owns right. anyway <laughs> most of the things she owns are just posters it's and a, like, <laughs> yeah posters an old comic book a knife and the walkman the same comic book over and Reading over the same one oy, oy, oy. as a comic book reader that would drive me crazy never knowing what happens next oh my god or just like smack dab in the middle of a story no right. no thank you someone takes the mask off but you'll never know who is under the mask uh, no <laughs> So the mall, the mall that has five. Originally four wonders. Revised to five. This Ksenia Sereda, that director of photography that did this, is this episode. It's so they built this whole mall. Mm -hmm. But the way that this was shot, it was it was just good. Like it was just so like nostalgic it felt normal but also like didn't feel normal because of the setting of everything 
it was just beautiful. I loved the the um the eyes of wonder that she had whenever Riley turned on all the lights to the mall and just how mm-hmm. it just a flood of color came into a very dark and beige and gray world that we're kind of used to. So good. So so good. Yeah, and, and the set like you're saying is just so fantastic, so spot on. Anytime they walked past a store, you knew exactly what store it was. Victoria's I mean, Secrets? I guess there's, is this considered product placement? I don't know. Victoria's Secrets, The Gap, Bath and Body Works. Is it if half of the letters have fallen off of the logo? And works? Yeah. <laughs> so probably not. <laughs> or just app. They don't have to, they don't have to pay nothing. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Or maybe they're just like, thanks for putting it in. That's yeah. really great. Oh, the the number one show in the world. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. We'll take it. The Gap's like, well, we're, you, you want more cargos? We got them. Yeah. For the world. But I, you know, I was, it, it made me feel nostalgic for mall life. Did you have a mall life? No. You weren't a mall guy? Still not. <gasps> oh, I never care for malls. That's so sad. I just, I mean, I'll go into them, but I know exactly where I need to go, what store I need to do. I'm I'm not like, occasionally I'll be like, okay, let's walk around since we already came here for the one thing we already got. But I don't know. I, I just mean, never, I didn't grow up in mall, oh, mall sure. culture. I was yeah. a military brat. So like. Our mall was the PX or BX, mm. the commissary. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I, I understand that. I mean, I grew up in New York. I grew up in, the, in Queens. So malls were a huge part of my life. You can go there after high school. And when I was little, I mean, that's what you did. You went to the KB toy store. You went to the scary store. You went and played in the arcade, mm-hmm. you know, and then you bought some stuff you really didn't need. So I completely got that like, wow, this place is amazing. Even when you're little, it's just so exciting. For me, it was always so exciting to go to the mall. Well, they also never experienced it. They've heard about it. Mm-hmm. So like to be a, a a person that has always heard of these things and has media or whatever people telling you from before of how things were and experiencing it kind of was actually a great gift that Riley gave Ellie because if Riley didn't do it, nobody was going to mm. do it. I do feel bad that they would never have experienced Cinnabon, which is well, one of the greatest experiences on Earth. They probably could have. I don't <laughs> think that stuff goes bad. <laughs> 20 years is fine. Like, 20 year old cinnamon roll. It's fine. It's in the tube. Possibly. <laughs> it's fine. Oh, wait, no flower. That's probably where the cordyceps spread. So probably oh, not. Let's not do that. Deadly. <laughs> not just for your digestive tract anymore, folks. No. Just taking over your brain. Yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't have gone to the mall and had that Cinnabon. <laughs> Too late. But throughout this whole episode, we see, you know, these looks that are exchanged between both of them. We see kind of these these brushes, these touches, these longing looks. At, they almost hold on for too long. They almost situations. do. You know, Riley, whenever they're in front of the Victoria's Secret store and Riley's like, oh, I'm just like imagining you in that. And it's a joke, but she's kind of testing the waters a little bit. They're both, you know, what's really funny is they're both like have liquid courage. So that big bottle of moonshine or hooch or whatever, they sip it periodically. And I think it's to their benefit almost. Oh, absolutely. Because they're like, I don't know where this is going, but like, I need to muster something up. I need Mm. to like be kind of comfortable in this. It's in... In comparing this episode to the Bill and Frank episode, they still share some of those same beats, mm-hmm. right? Of two people coming together, feeling unsure about maybe their feelings and and if the other one shares it. Um, but in this one, it's a lot more sweet, obviously. I think that, you know, no matter where if you're queer or straight or whatever, that the feeling of a crush is the same across the board. So these are just two teenagers that 
are feeling those feelings. And I think anyone can reminisce about that. Yeah. I, I will say that I do like that they show. I, mean, I think there is a through line and I think it is similar no matter what your sexual orientation is or what you identify as. I think, you know, trying to see if that person has the crush on you. Mm. But then there's that added layer, especially when you're uh, you know, LGBTQ, you don't know that, is this okay? Because if they don't, it's awful. Not mm. only does, because, I, you know, a friendship could possibly survive if it's between a male and a female or opposite sex. Whenever it's the same sex, it's a little scarier because you usually start as best friends. And then if it does not work, there's a lot more kind of writing on totally. that. <laughs> I mean, when you're 14, you're not going to be surrounded. You can't like, you know, and a lot of times if you can find an LGBT center, that's fantastic. But a lot of times you're in school by yourself feeling like the odd one out. I don't think Fedra has one of those. No, they <laughs> don't have, they don't have, uh, you know, fun Friday nights for the cool no. kids. <laughs> no, not at all. So it, it was, it was sweet and it was real and it was great that they added those moments in here. Of them just kind of looking at each other and specifically on the carousel when, you know, they're on the carousel and they're just, they're looking at each other. But then Ellie really starts looking at her mm. and you can see that she's kind of like putting these feelings together a little bit. And like, she's doing all of this for me, right. like just for me. And Ugh. it's, you know, there's also that thing, right, where you're kind of like. Am I looking into it too much? Right. You know, and I think she's feeling that emotion as well. It's like she also doesn't want to get her own hopes up that it means more because maybe my friend just came back. Um, but it it is that sort of uneasy feeling. But at the same time, you're watching Ellie get excited. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's you. You brought up a point that I think we should talk about before we go any further. And it's Riley deciding to join the Fireflies. And we we get her version of why she did that in a conversation with them. And it turns out that she was going to be put on like sewer duty or something. Sewer duty, which why? I mean, cool. Like, what do you, that's it. Like, that's what you're going to be. Like, you know, that's what you're going to do for your life at 16. Like, I don't blame her for trying to find something else. And they found her. They're like, I like what you do. You have a purpose. You can do this now. Right. Will I say it's a good purpose or is it being used in a certain way? Well, to me, it even feels predatory. Right. Yeah. Mar Marlene is waiting in the shadows somewhere going, oh, hey, you're really good at sneaking around. Have you ever thought of maybe joining another blah, blah, blah? So it feels like uh, not to say that Riley doesn't have those talents, but or Marlene was necessarily being predatory. But it feels like. Right. I'm a group. And I'm trying to get people to join it. I mean, that's why some people in the QZ saw the Fireflies as a cult. Right, right. You know, so. Because they're coming out of the shadows and right. being like, hi. <laughs> right. And you're seeing a kid these who's bombs. impressionable. Yeah. So, oh, look, you could stay in the mall. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. So it felt kind of icky to me. But I think the point is, though, is that Riley needed someone to say that to her. Yeah. And she sees. So we, we get the impression that they've talked about doing this type of stuff like talking about what the fireflies are doing or talking about liberation or rebelling and ellie makes a point to say there's a difference between like talking about it and actually doing it so it's it's interesting to see those beliefs kind of clash yeah. but also ellie being a little more reserved because she had that conversation with the captain and he's pretty much telling her like look if we don't hold this together 
it's going to go to shit. And we saw what happened in Kansas City. So he's not wrong. No. And I think there's also something to be said about, again, they're going they're going down these divergent paths, right? And so Ellie is still very solidly in the FEDRA training program yeah. where they probably have lectures about fireflies and how to not trust them and Propaganda. what this means. Right. But then Riley goes and she's almost been deprogrammed for the last three weeks. So again, they're, it's hard because they, they, they love each other and they want to come together, but they've been separated for these last three weeks. So it does, the puzzle piece doesn't fit together as well as it used to. Mm between the two of them well they're almost figuring each other it's being reintroduced to a new person i'm sure riley is a little different to her i mean she has a whole you know shelving unit of bombs at the orange julius yeah. or the taco place or wherever that was, was macho nacho i think macho nacho. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but so this this episode adds a, an extra layer of music i think that this is the first episode where we have multiple songs that seem like they were purposely chosen for reasons <laughs> i did like that there was one that played during the carousel and you couldn't really hear it too much over the carousel music and also riley and ellie talking but they did a remix of the cures just like heaven and it's just that song if you haven't heard it it's great but it talks about holding her hand and kissing her and wanting mm. to do that so the music in the background is almost like giving you those extra hints or almost like saying what the characters have in their mind Oh, it's just, it's good. There's little details that they chose yeah, for this I mean, episode. The team here, they're not playing any games with what they're doing. I feel like everything they do has a very clear point and purpose to it. And I think that those song choices were just spot on. Yeah. Yeah. The the Take On Me by the Ahas, one of my favorite songs, one of Ellie's favorite songs. So, I mean, it's just, it makes sense that we like each other so much. <laughs> but I do like that they used it in this one. And it's it's going to be something that, I'm not going to spoil anything, but it does come up in the second one. And it's it's just great. I love that it, it has to do with love interests. And I like that it's with her first love interest. So they're almost like bookending a lot of things. It's oh. just a great little detail. I mean, we're just we're in some sort of past present Ellie love triangle. I mean, last episode, we got Dina maybe peeking around the bend there. And then now we have Riley. It's great. I want <laughs> Ellie to have all the love interest possibilities. Yeah. In thinking about this romp through the mall there were the four now five wonders i mean except for the escalator <laughs> which which of the four would have been your cup of tea well not to skip to the end but the halloween really yeah the halloween you, you know how much i love halloween and stuff like that if i was deprived of ha- knowing that love but loving it at the same time and knowing that there was a store that somebody could have taken me to Head over heels. The ooky spooky store. Head over heels. Dancing on top of cabinets with masks on. To, oh, my God. Oh, that made me very nervous. I thought they were going to fall through the cases. Yeah. <laughs> it's not Final Destination. So I also was nervous when they were jumping on the roofs earlier in the episode. I was like, ah, ah. They were very close together, thankfully. Thankfully, yes. <laughs> yes. I think for me, it would have been the arcade. I liked going to arcades when I was little so I can win tickets and, uh, you know, cash them in for rings. You know, you know. As a young child, stuff didn't do it for me. Not even... The- I loved playing the games. Okay. But I never used the tickets. Oh, the stuff. Yeah. I like gave it to one of my siblings or something like that. But like, I just, I didn't care because like all the stuff, like the stuff I would have wanted, I'm like, my parents would never give me money to play enough games to get that oh. stuff. <laughs> I was addicted to the game where the alligator comes out and you hit him with a mallet and he goes, mm. ow. And then I would get enough tickets 
that I, I would buy these big chunky plastic rings. Oh and God. They were like, they were sharp. No, they were like, um, they were like big gem on top <laughs> and there was like a bubble in the middle of it. And I had them in all the colors. And as a crossover, I would use them as captain planet rings. So oh, that's fun. With that. That's fun. You used them for your other games. Fashion and function. Yeah. I liked the uh, physical games. So a lot, like the ones where you had to like, you know, that electronic jump rope one where you had to like jump over oh, the thing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The one with like the spider one where you had to hit all the things. Like sure. I liked those ones. Those ones were probably Well, you do have favorite. longer limbs, so you were probably good at that spider Just one. Just smack my body all around that <laughs> arcade. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> that was you. And I was the one prancing around with rings on. <laughs> the bowl cut blonde smacking his body against all the things that was i me. got it <laughs> but that i mean so the 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 wonders that she planned fantastic we can't not talk about her giving her the second volume to the pun book i mean to the, the thought that riley put into this if by like wonder three Ellie was not like, this girl loves me. Like, who does this for somebody? Like, this is beyond best friend party planning duties. It was she had to. Yeah, she had to have like that. That would have clicked. I mean, <laughs> Noah and I, we give each other books as presents. I all get the time. it. Yeah, I get it. Time. Especially as a book collector, when you can get the next volume in the set during the apocalypse. That oh, means yeah. even more. Sparse. <laughs> all of them are used. No oh. new books. <laughs> Everywhere's the strand. <laughs> yeah. That's it. But so this is where we start getting one of the big diverging paths that is going to be with these two. And just like the military, just like the government, just like Fedra, just like all this stuff, the Fireflies are stationing her somewhere else. So Riley kind of wanted to do this big last thing for Ellie to almost cushion the blow, to show how much she cared for her, how much Say she goodbye. loved her. Yeah. Very sweet, but Ellie is Ellie. And again, she's going to be left alone. The only person that she had that was family, friend, anything, is telling her that she's leaving. And she chose to do that. And in this moment, Riley is also telling her, well, if you wanted to come, you could, but you have to decide right now because we're leaving tomorrow. Yeah. But Marlene also told her that she couldn't go. But like she could go. Which confused me. You know who I don't trust? Marlene. No, I there, mean. I've said it. I, yeah. She then locked her in a room, handcuffed to a radiator. <laughs> well, Marlene. she was bitten. <laughs> Listen, they had to bitten, be sure. Twice shy. I don't know. I agree. <laughs> I agree with Marlene on that one. I don't try. Mm-hmm. This Marlene is just, she's in the street. She's trying to get kids to join the Firefly. She's taking them captive. She's sending them across the country with strangers. <laughs> I don't trust it. <laughs> but <laughs> I loved when Ellie turned back because she thought Riley was in trouble. She turned back initially, but then she heard what she thought she was screaming. So she went to go help her. Danger. Danger. And the Halloween store. Uh, let's. Okay. So let's talk about them dancing on top of the cases to I Got You, Babe. We just did. With literal masks on. Yeah. Because they are masking who they truly are and their feelings. Yeah. Stop it with the metaphors and the poetry. I can't take it. Even though it was a very scary clown and a werewolf, (laughs) it was still touching and meaningful. (laughs) Yeah. The scene that we get that like during this, when we saw the infected kind of like twitch and come to life, 
Yeah, that's where it obviously went all downhill. I'm going to pass. Yeah, this, I mean, it it is what the show, it is what the universe is. We knew it was coming. But that, I mean, just the scene of them dancing, of Riley, like, just, you know, making Ellie just fully just be in the moment. She was hesitant at first, but Riley is that person that can break her out of her shell, even with the mask on. But she could do it. Etta James, I Got You, Babe, perfect. Mm -hmm. Perfect song to play in this. Those lyrics. Do you know the lyrics to that song? Aside from I Got You, Babe. Babe. (laughs) I Got You, Babe. Well, one of the particular lyrics that plays, especially before they take off the masks and share a very sweet and innocent kiss, is people say that we don't know what love is or how to make it grow. Well, I don't know if that's all true because you got me and baby, I got you. And it's just, it's perfect because they're so young. They're so young and they don't know what love is, but they're figuring it out on their own. It's just, it's so sweet. And I spoke, I spoke about this when I talked about my thoughts of the Bill and Frank episode. But again, when you are queer, LGBT, it, when I was little, it almost felt like I would never find another person. Hey. So did it. But when, <laughs> when you do find another person, especially when you're that young, when you have like your first yeah. love or whatever, it feels like I, I never thought this would happen. I always thought I was alone. And so that, you know, when we always put that layer on top of an apocalypse, <laughs> yeah, it just means a lot more. So again, we find these two queer characters who against all odds managed to find each other. Yeah. And are experiencing that together and figuring it out together. And when they share their kiss, it's just, it's so sweet. And you see Ellie like really smile, like a goofy kid smile for the first time. It's, it's so sweet, but it's <laughs> the last of us. So it cannot last. <laughs> I don't understand. These infected, <laughs> that guy was like growing into a wall. Yeah. He was sleeping for so long. And then he's like Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> he's dormant until he doesn't need to be. <laughs> I don't believe it. <laughs> I don't like it and I don't believe it. This this scene is so visceral, so intense, terrifying, and it just keeps adding. The way they decided to tell this scene with, you know, it on Ellie, it on Riley, it you know, Ellie falling into the shelves and trying to crawl away. She doesn't even know she's immune yet. Mm. And a detail that they added with this is, did you notice she had like short sleeves mm. and everything? She does not have short sleeves at all. Right. She's always covering up. Right. Because she's bitten. So seeing that and seeing that they're children dealing with this and only Riley is the one with the gun and she wasn't able to take it down is just so scary. It's so scary. And then the way they told it was, Oh, she sees that Ellie's been Ellie's reaction to it. Just trying to wipe it off. Blood keep coming out. That got me. Yeah. Her saying no, 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 no. no. Oh my gosh. And then Riley revealing that she's also been, and it's just so to put in Riley's words, it's just like, just be all poetic and shit. Like (laughs) it is so sad, but it's also until, until she finds out that she's immune, it's almost, she kind of calms down. After she's done breaking shit because they're still going to do this together. I mean, what better way almost? Well, if, that's, what, that's what's that's something that really added to the emotion of it all was this is literally the night before they set for their futures. Yes. And it stopped. Yep. 
in 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 literally not even a minute. It, it just adds to the weight of everything. Um, and now they have no futures anymore. Yeah. Oh. Well, Ellie does, unfortunately. Well, not she didn't know. <laughs> they thought it was over. But I I love this conversation that they have. It's so. This just kind of speaks to what I was saying saying earlier. How Riley knows loss. She knows violence. And after Ellie has her her tantrum and breaking stuff, which I don't blame her. Go ahead, break everything you want. She tells her like. Even if we have two minutes or two days, like, why waste them? Here's the, she says those two options, and one of them is to use the gun just to end it quickly or just kind of hang out a little mm-hmm. more until – because those minutes and seconds and days that you have with that person is worth more than just ending it quicker than it should have been. So two more days of Mortal Kombat, baby. I mean <laughs> – they have all the coins. You, and you can learn all the special moves. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's so sweet. It's so mature of that character and it's so loving of yeah. that character. And I'm glad that it cut off when it did because we know the rest. We know that Marlene found her. We know that she had Ellie and then that's what brought Joel and Tess into the thing. And then here we are. But going back to present day, she, she thought of that. She thought back to Riley. After Joel told her to leave. And she said, you know what? Fuck that. I'm not going to. I'm not going to lose again another person. She's Mm -hmm. been through that. Just like Joel. He's lost people. He's not going to do that again. So why would she? It's so good. And then she finds some thread. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) You know, and it it feels like, you know, there's that part of you when you're watching it and you're like, does she have the training to do that? And it's like, well, no, that doesn't matter, Derek, actually. matter <laughs> i mean like good thing she has that innate ability to be like oh skin needs the clothes right so she's just like she got this. to that level of federal medical training yeah it's not a butterfly stitch or anything but it's no. it's it's there it's it's gonna help yes hopefully and maybe one of the most beautiful things ever is as she's doing this joel opens his hand and takes hers and his i mean you have to think that like you're thinking about how he played this scene, how Joel reacted to the scene and the words he was saying and his face was saying a completely he, different thing. Yeah. And the, his tears, his very real tears. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, he, he was telling her to leave. He probably thought it was the right thing to do, but he knew he didn't want her to leave. Like, why would you want to die alone? Why yeah. would you want to, you know? And I even think there's the thing of once she leaves, he can no longer protect her. Yep. He knows that like yeah. she's going to go out there and what? What's going to happen to her? She doesn't know even where to go. Right. Where the hell are we? <laughs> yeah. He's like, go north. He's like, I don't know where that is. What does that mean? Up in the air <laughs> yeah. towards the sky. <laughs> what, where does that mean? <laughs> but oh, man, that moment is just so sweet. And that's really the, the, the growth that these characters got to. Like him being able to hold her hand and let her take care of him. Big step for this dude. Huge step. But man, this, I just, I, Helly... <laughs> I feel so bad for all of these characters. It was such a beautiful story. It's a beautiful way to tell this. It's unfortunate that the events have to play out the way that they did. I am keeping my fingers crossed that next week it isn't so depressing as it is action packed. Yeah, mm-hmm. Right? There was some there's some boom boom and mm-hmm. some fires. Yeah. I mean there that is... guy was creepy. Okay. Yeah. There <laughs> yep. Uh... <laughs> I know I'm not going to put anything in anybody's head. It 
the show doesn't, it, I'm not going to say it gets darker, but it gets more intense. We're getting to the climax of the story, the ending of the first game. So just think about how games work. There's going to be a lot happening at the end of it. More bloaters. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to get any, maybe. <laughs> oh my God. More of them. Yeah, I'm very excited to see how they wrap this up in two episodes. Yes. And I think that the next two episodes are really about an hour. So. Because, right, so next week we're seeing some sort of very scary, horrible people. And then David figure within the last episode, we have to get to Salt Lake City. Yeah, right? we have to get to the Fireflies. Yeah. Yep. So we have a lot of ground to cover in only two more episodes. Yeah, this, I mean, again, this the show continues to outdo itself week after week. It adds a new layer to the type of story or what it's trying to say with keeping that same feel throughout the whole thing. It's just. I I'm, I can't wait for it to be over, but I'm loving every second. <laughs> yes, I need a breather. I need a breather. We've just had an intense month across the board God. here in the Abitum household. Uh, so, uh, yeah, some levity would be nice or yeah, something. That'd be real nice. But <laughs> let us know what you thought of this episode. What was your favorite mall thing? Yeah, what was your favorite wonder of the mall? Yeah. Or... You know, you could just make up your own. Like, well, what that's you what I want to know. Okay. I want to know, like, if your favorite thing was to go into Yankee Candle and smell all the candles or go uh, into Claire's and buy jelly bracelets. Oh, I've never been into a Claire's. Oh, well, they're not. I mean, accessories galore. <laughs> but I haven't been in one recently either. I only used to go when I was in high school to buy sparkly jelly bracelets. And puka shell necklaces. I never wore a puka shell <laughs> necklace in my life. It was turquoise. How dare you? Real turquoise. Oh, man. All right. Well. Next week, we got the penultimate episode. <gasps> Your favorite word. It is my favorite word. I was saying it early. Oh. The penultimate episode of The Last of Us. Of The Last of Us. It's a weird sentence to say. <laughs> you did it beautifully, kid. Uh, but um, we're going to try to make you have some smiles when we talk about the last two episodes. Do you cause... love smiles for miles? <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to A Bite Of. Artwork and editing by our own Noah. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at A Bite of Pod and on Facebook at A Bite of. If you have any questions, recommendations, or just want to say hi, you can contact us on abiteofpod.com. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review to spread the word. See you next time on A Bite of. Bye. Bye.